Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Song of the Spheres podcast and the sounds of the verdant Appalachian South nestled deep in spring. Today is the 15th. Yes, I had to check that. Of May 2023. And my name is Eve Starr. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me. If it's your first time or if you are returning, I greet you. The river greets you. I'm sitting next to my river. My favorite place to record. I'm feeling very, very calm. I wish I'm sharing the sounds of my environment with you. I wish I could share the smells. The river is wild with white roses. I believe they're just past their peak. So they're extravagant. They're everywhere. They're magnificent. The smell is intoxicating. And they're on the other side of their peak. I'm not sure when their peak was. I missed it. It's an important part of what I want to talk about today. Today I'm going to share an update about Evening Star Studios and what I've been up to this year. Some things that I have realized and things that I am still unpacking. Perhaps more will be unpacked with you here today. These are the topics my mind has dwelled on for most of this year that I've been saving up for the day that I would share and I believe today is the day we shall see. These are always experimental for me. I did a couple where I wrote and then recorded what I had written, but that is not my style. Not that I won't do it again. I might. I want to talk today about astrological magic and chaos art and in regards to the kind of astrologer that I am, the kind of artist that I am, and the kind of magician that I am. Which really is just to say the kind of human that I am. I'm so relaxed. I don't know if I can do this right now. I'm just so lulled by this river and these clouds and these roses. I have my singing bowl in case I want to break into an imagination meditation. 
that could happen. Before I became an astrologer, I was an herbalist and was studying and practicing to become a professional herbalist, (laughs) which I look back on now and I was not going about it properly. And, uh, which is really to the point of what I'm here to say. Anyhow, I had been studying and practicing making plant medicine and making and taking plant medicine and sharing, making and taking and sharing plant medicine. And I didn't grow herbs, but I, I wild crafted. And this was when I was in Seattle and I mean, talk about verdant, the Pacific Northwest. I'm just always drawn to these very wet, fecund, wild, yet gentle landscapes. Scotland as well. So... One day while in one of my favorite plant meditations, as Terrence McKenna would say, (laughs) um, the plants told me that the best way that I could serve them was not being an herbalist, but instead being an artist and this has become such a integral part of my story that I often forget how staggering it was at the time it was very staggering I was I was desperately craving to get out of the city and live in the woods and be a full-time medicine maker and uh, caretaker and just came in a flash. I wish I could remember the date. I wasn't an astrologer at the time, but it was very Uranian. I mean, I probably couldn't even go back. I wouldn't even be totally positive about the year. So some, there are some outer transits there that I could definitely look into, but... Um, I fervently listened to all of Terrence McKenna's lectures at the time. I mean, I think it would take a lifetime to get through all of his lectures, but I went through a period of six or seven or eight or nine or ten years, I don't know, I was very high, (laughs) where I listened to his lectures constantly. And this quote is on my website. It was at the same time that the plants told me this, I... I remember Terrence McKenna. Okay, there's two 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 things from Terrence McKenna. I remember one him saying he was talking about how to decide when to take a journey, when to take a psychedelic journey, how to decide on timing and he and he just offhandedly made the comment 
that the best way he could think of was astrology. And years later, I came to understand that there are astrologers who do speak more deeply and specifically to this. And I haven't looked into it. Um, but it just really struck me. And that was, that was what caused me to start studying astrology. And, and, and he said, if the artists who are self-selected to journey into the other cannot find the way, then the way cannot be found. The artist's task is to save the soul of mankind. Anything less is a dithering while Rome burns. And so I just went, well, that seems really important. I can get into that. My ego can trip on that. Little did I know it was going to be total ego annihilation. (laughs) Oh, the perspective of looking back. (laughs) So... I began creating astrological charts as works of art and I didn't know I didn't know the first one I created I have not yet gotten permission to share it I really want to share it I think at some point if I don't get permission to share it I will create a replica of it but it's somebody's birth information so I won't share it without permission but I didn't I had never seen an astrological wheel all I had was an ephemeris and a just a kindergartner's understanding of what an ephemeris even was and I created this little chart of his birth information with it so that's where I started I knew nothing I knew nothing like this was this was at the same moment in time when I began to realize I, it was only, it had only been a few years that I knew what a sun sign was, but I began to really understand like what a sun sign is and how it's similar to what, like what you could say, what your Jupiter sign is, where's your Jupiter, your moon sign, your ascendant, all of that. Um, but I hadn't even seen an astrological wheel yet when I created my first piece of art. And the reason that I say that is that I look back on those days and I feel back on those days and I remember the immense terror of the power that I was encountering. And I mean that word terror in a holy way, in a presence of God way, in a you know, holy crap, I just imagine that I've been flung out past the stratosphere and into outer space suddenly, and the the terror of the expanse of that abyss and the beauty of it at the same time. Like, that's the kind of terror I mean. Holy terror with a capital H, capital T. That is how I felt in the beginning when I first started making art out of this, and I wouldn't show anybody. I literally was creating these things with shaking hands. I just, I knew I didn't understand it, but I felt it. And then the first piece of art that I created as a wheel 
yet again something that I can't remember if it was mine or my roommate's business partner best friend Lisa's chart I did ours at the same time as paintings I feel like it was mine and I think that I usually say that it was mine that there's a part of me that's not sure anyway I just did this thing and I looked down at it and I was like I don't even know how I'm doing this like where did I learn how to paint of course, I grew up painting, drawing. I woke up in this life with a paintbrush in my hand, but I had, I had stopped painting for a decade previous to this. I had stopped making art. I was pursuing other creative endeavors. And then Terrence McKenna told me to make art, so I started making art, and it was like I had forgotten that I had that skill and over the years have developed it and still have so far to develop it. And there are so many just profoundly spectacular artists in the world. And I want to spend my life crafting this skill and specific service to astrology and to the natal chart. But I remember creating those first pieces. I did create mine first because that's why I wouldn't show it to her. I wouldn't even show it to Lisa until I made one for her. And I remember creating these pieces and just being flattened by my perception of the power of it. Frightened by it. I didn't share it online for years because I was afraid to put it out into the world. I was afraid of the power of it. I had this idea that because I because I was so I was so wide open conduit to the power of it that everybody else would feel it too and that when I put it this is not why I was afraid to do it this was just part of the whole package this is just the funny part <laughs> that when I finally put it out online that everybody would want one and I would be overwhelmed with clients and I would never do another job for the rest of my life I would just be creating these pieces of astrological artwork well I can tell you that is not what happened <laughs> when I finally put it out I was shocked I'm still shocked if I'm honest I still don't get it but what I understand what I have been shown by spirit since is that people don't just need to be shown they need to be told. See, as an artist, and I went to school to learn to write, even though I was, a, I was a good writer, but I wanted to learn the mechanics of language. And so I took all of the mechanical classes. I got a degree in writing rhetoric and linguistics. And, and I remember learning in school, show, don't tell. Show people. Don't say the water is beautiful. Say... The water is undulating with a thousand currents moving in corresponding but different directions with little rivulets of waves that crest as white while the darker parts are light green and dark green and all shades of emerald in between. And 
the light from the sky moves across it like scintillating butterfly wings. That's showing you what the water looks like in front of me with my words instead of saying, the water is so beautiful. There are just lots of different ways that water can look. So I thought that once I showed people visually the revelation that was coming through me, they would get it. And it's not what happened. So apparently, according to my results and according to spirit speaking to me, I, I need to tell people why it's so important and so wonderful and why you want one. <laughs> so it's a real challenge for me. It's a real challenge for me because it's so apparent to me. I mean, it just ripped through the very depths of the being that I am. There aren't words for that. There are no words for that experience. All these years that I've been making this art and people go, that's so beautiful. Does it come with a reading? <laughs> I used to get so mad. And I would say, no, it doesn't come with a reading. I don't know how to do that. I could do that, but that is not what I want to do. That's not what I do. That's not what it's about. And they go, but, but it's so pretty, but what does it mean? And I would just look at them and think, what do you mean? What does it mean? It's not, how is it not apparent? But it's not. I understand that now. I understand that now. And I'm being brought back to language, which is, you know, a place that I have been before. Like I said, that's what I went to school for. Because my life's mission is to make this connection, is to make this connection, is to bring it through by whatever means necessary. And I love words, I do. It's not at all what I intended to talk about, but it's already, I'm already 18 minutes in. Hmm, where am I going to take this? Because I need to leave soon. I need to start walking back soon. Let me pause. Alrighty, I'm just going to keep talking while I walk. So now I'm going to scramble up this muddy hillside. Like, it is really steep. Okay, glad I didn't fall. I mean, I'm still going, but now I have roots to grab a hold of. Alright, I'm up. I'm over. Farewell, beautiful river spot. I'm not saying farewell to the river yet, because this path is along the river. So, it took me years to, to even get to the words that this, that I was creating was a magical tool, an object that held magical forces that could be used for prayer, meditation, ritual, ceremony, and should be. Should be this should be brought into your circle because this is you. This is you. This is your cosmic fingerprint. This is the song of the spheres at the moment that you came here from somewhere else. We don't know where. We, for all we know, 
We don't know where we came from. We don't know what is on the other side of the portal that is your mother's womb. We don't know that. But you do, just not in your brain. You do because you came here from there. The being that is you organized itself at the level to interweave with the biological creature and come to life on this water world. Oh, here are people. I'm really in my flow. All right, well, let's see how far I can go before I reach them. And I just, I mean, this is just, this is, this is why it was astounding me so deeply. And, and then, and then I realized, oh my God, it's magical. It's magical. Like I, it was like, I could see the thing. Hi. Vibrating and glowing and pulsing. And I was just like, whoa. I mean, total stoner. Oh my God, the roses. Oh, I wish I could just share the smell with you. Oh, and the Solomon seal is blooming. These precious little hanging fairy buds. Oh my God. So years into my project, I began speaking of it as a magical tool that could be used in your practice. Did I tell anybody how to use it in their practice? No way. I wasn't using it in my practice. It was taking all of my internal organization just to to hold what was coming through me. Hi. Like that thing felt atomic to me. I wasn't about to use it in my practice. (laughs) But I, I knew that that's what it was. That that's what it is. So skip forward quite a few years later, and I'm trying to remember the first time I encountered it. I went to Norwalk last year, 2022. Hi. What a smart dog. Yeah. Hi, y'all. Hi. That dog just looked at me like she knew exactly what I was talking about and was ready to join the conversation. She has something to add. And where I got a really strong... So it was a little bit before that. But I'm going to talk about Norwalk, where as if it is the first place that I encountered the 
the art of talismanic magic. I got to sit in a lecture with Christopher Warnack and I just had only found out about him. No, that's not true. <laughs> See, okay, everything that I'm saying, I was like, I had just found out about him when I actually made an entire, uh, it's the best thing I've ever painted. I made an entire collection of 15 pieces, each one a different version of the same scene of a tiny ship on a wild ocean with um, stars above that were accurate star maps and a single constellation outlined with a compass rose pointing in the correct direction and the symbol of the fixed star that it was representing. What would I say? I can't remember the fixed stars of Christopher Warnack's talismanic magic. I mean, it comes from the Picatrix. So I did know about him, but the point of all that I'm saying is I am a chaos artist who has a penchant for precision. And it makes total sense if you look at my chart. Total and complete sense. I have Saturn conjunct the North Node in Virgo in the fifth house, opposite 10,000 billion placements in Pisces. I mean, I don't do astrological elections. I am not going to do astrological elections. When I encountered, when I went to Norwalk and I brought my art, I brought my charts and I had a booth, everybody told me, this is great, but if you're not using elections, then you got to like go back to square one. You got to start over. You have to use elections or you can't call it a talisman. And I just went, oh crap. Okay, well that's cool. Like I really enjoyed Christopher's lecture. We made a Venus talisman at a really potent Venusian moment. It was incredible. I mean, I felt like I was with my friends for the first time in my life. Not that I don't have wonderful friends, but my colleague friends. It was, it was spectacular. And as I continue to speak, I'm not in any way downplaying what other people are called to do in their work with these beings, these planets. I just am saying that for myself, I cannot make elected astrological talismans. Wow, I just stepped over a snakeskin at that moment. And it carry the full potency of what it is that I do. Because I work with the creative force, the Duende that I know, that I've known all of my life, that moves through me when the wind blows, when the spirit says so, when I don't know what it is. I just can feel when it is. And I always look back and see that it was a powerful astrological moment 
but I can't tell you that now you should take this piece of art that I created and use it for a love spell or a money spell or a health spell, etc. ad infinitum. <laughs> did I say that right? But I did go on that journey after Norwalk of just like, oh God, I need to... I need to do this. No, I don't do this. And I would go back and forth, back and forth. Well, then in spring of this year, no, no, winter of this year, late winter of this year, I had what really felt like a revelation come through. Oh my God, the smell of roses. It just comes in waves and just smacks me over. It's so heavenly. I feel like I'm walking in the fields of Vrindavan. Ugh. By my own private Ganga. So, it seemed to all come together this year when I felt the plants calling me back to medicine making. I wanted to integrate my art the astrological charts, the natal star maps, <clears throat> and astrological elections so that I could make a potent Materia Medica complete with corresponding elected artwork. And, I'm, and I created a piece of art, and it's very potent. And I'll make it the cover of this podcast. And it features roses and honeycomb, honeybee. And uh, it was going to be a rose cordial. And I was the, the experiencing this. So something is coming through and I don't know what it is. And that's where I am in this moment of time that I'm sharing all of this with you. And it's to do with elections, but it's to do with plant medicine. Maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just always going to be a private part of my life. And it's obviously to do with the art, with the star maps. But I read a piece that Caitlin Kopic of Sphere and Sundry wrote on, on her Twitter that just put everything in right perspective for me. What I was experiencing, I had this revelation, it really felt like a revelation, but it didn't quite fit. I was thinking earlier it was a, you know, a square peg in a round hole, and then I thought, no, it's more like an egg-shaped peg in a round hole. Like you keep putting it in and it's like, well, it fits, kind of. Well, it fits except for this bit. Let me turn it a little bit. Well, it kind of fits, but now this bit is poking out. That's how it felt. Like I'm getting warmer. But what she shared, I want to share here. So Caitlin Kopic and her husband Austin created, but uh, I do believe it's her company 
that my understanding is that it's her company, it's her creation, and he is the consulting astrologer for the Materia Medica that she creates. So they together suss out the astrological election, the elected time, and the the materials of earth and they create medicines and there are things that you take internally that you use externally candles all sorts of beautiful elegant rich gorgeous 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 potent creations and beautiful writings, beautiful art. I mean, the whole thing is just exquisite. I'm, compl- I'm so jealous of her. I'm so, so jealous of her. And mostly just grateful that somebody on the earth is doing this right now. And um, when I was thinking about, when I was thinking about creating astrological, astrologically elected plant medicines, I recognized that I wouldn't be working on the level that she was because of the way that my brain works and what I understand as my skill set, but that I would, that I would be doing, you know, not the level, not the level of, um, ballsiness, shall we say, uh, I I don't have that level, the, the, the degree to which they have it on lock is in the highest sense. I mean, they're just brilliant magicians. Really very, very skillful. And the, the piece that she wrote was about this, that she brought back this ancient practice. She's the one. And the popularity was such that it has, it has birthed a a little subculture of people who are creating similar astrological magical potions um and her comment was basically a warning that you do not casually approach these forces and call them into your brew because they will come and if you don't really 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 know it as much as is humanly possible then you can hurt yourself hurt others and you know honestly when I read that it was like it was like getting a permissions it was like felt like dropping a class that was kicking my ass like when I was in college when I was in high school I did really well in chemistry but then it was many years later before I tried to take a chemistry class in college and I was not doing really well it was a weeder class it was meant to weed me out and it weeded me the fuck out and when I dropped that class I was like oh thank god I am not a chemist that is not what I do it is such a relief and when I read her statement I just felt this release like no Eve you don't have to do that somebody else has that covered and 
I would like to humbly present this option to others who are drawn to astrological magic and to creating talismans, be they jewelry or artwork or a materia medica that is used as medicine or in spell work, that you can, you can, if you are not suited to get it at that level of intricacy and specificity that wherein you can be trusted like this is why I couldn't become an herbalist like a practicing herbalist who took care of patients because I'm an artist my brain doesn't work that way I can't be trusted with powerful substance with administering powerful substances I can't so I'm not going to do that. That's <laughs> not what I do. I'm like, okay, I feel spirit moving. So I'm going to create this thing and it's super powerful and it's super magical, but I don't know what it's going to do. So I'm not going to tell anybody what it's going to do or how to use it. It's very similar to practicing magic on an eclipse. If you want to do a magical ritual on an eclipse, the very important rule of thumb is don't do anything where you are looking for a specific outcome because that's not what you're going to get. Eclipses are chaos. Eclipses are for chaos magic. This is for tuning into the forces and moving according to their will. Beyond your own understanding. Which makes total sense because I'm an eclipse baby. So I'm like, ah, oh, I got it, got it. I'm not a doctor. I'm a chaos artist. Cool. I can hang. I just really like plant medicine. So I'll make it for fun. I'll make it for pleasure and bliss, enjoyment. And I'll share it with my friends. Maybe one day I'll sell it. Maybe one day I'll create a beautiful label that's an astrological symbol that it was created at a, at a potent astrological moment, but probably not. <clears throat> and if I do, it's going to come with an eclipse warning, an eclipse style warning. I do not know what this will do. Tune into your own compass, which really always should be done. That's always the case. Tune into your own compass. But I can get my desire for precision, like the, just the, mm, mm, it just turns me on to execute precision. I can get that out in other ways, which you can see in my art. My style is basically thus. I get really heady really analytical, super detail-oriented, tense, and I create a really precise um, eyeball measured perfectly piece of astrological, uh, so it's, you know, it's often a chart, but not always a chart. Um, I'm actually, instead of saying, saying what I do generically, I'm gonna tell you what I did with one of my very favorite collections. And, uh, and then I'm going to go. 
because this is a hilarious story and it really is the essence of who I am as an artist. So I lived in this artist community and I had this little window of time where I got my hands on some money and I was able to just create art. And I did a handful of collections. This is when I did the, uh, it was, it was called, um, fuck, I can't remember the, the wave with the, the fixed, oh, the fixed star blues was the ocean with the fixed stars of hermetic alchemy. That's the, that's the word. Those are the words. Um, and I also created what I called the spilled ink zodiac. So this one was the one I spent the most time on and I went back and constructed the hours. So this is just a guess and approximation that I spent 100 hours on this project, 12 pieces, each a really intricately drawn representation of the zodiac animal and um, and then I would put it in a silhouette frame that was super teeny tiny bubbled edges, like a belt, not beveled, but I guess beveled, like a bee border, um, just black and white. And they were so precise and correct and lovely, but just, I finished them and I had already spent, you know, 95 hours on at this point. And I was just like, blah, it's so dull. I just can't, ugh, I can't share this. It's just like, I wanted to draw a lion, I drew a lion. I wanted to draw a crane, I drew a water bird, I drew a water bird. I drew a water bird for Libra. Fucking brilliant. Was not my idea. Got that idea from a friend. That, I mean, because, like, a, a scales aren't an animal. What's the animal that represents balance? The water bird standing on one foot. And they were lovely, but they were just like, I mean, it was just a pic, it was just like a black and white picture of a bird in a silhouette frame. And so one night I was just, I finished them. It was late at night, probably midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., I don't know. Um, I just got exasperated and I was like, fuck it. I'm this, if, if I, I have to do something and if it ruins it, fuck it, because this is not good. And I took every single piece up onto the roof in the darkness. The three-footed cat named Atlas followed me up there and ran around. And I took um, ink and I just dumped ink all over them in the dark. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew I was dumping ink over these pieces of artwork that I had spent nearly 100 hours on. And then I brought them back down into my studio room and I was like, oh my God, that looks cool as fuck. And then I just took a brush and went, you know, just a little swipe on each one. And then I wrote the, with a sumi brush, I wrote the Zodiac name and they were fucking fabulous they were amazing so that is the way that i blend precision with chaos and that's the kind of artist that i am that's the kind of magician that i am and you can trust me because i'm being up front and telling you what you can and cannot do with my magic <laughs> all right the end I gotta go to yoga. I love you all. Thank you for listening. If you got this far, bless you, bless you, bless you. We've got a dark moon coming up that's very, very potent. I might make another um, podcast before then because I have a meditation to share. We'll see if I get it out. I've got to work this week. This is my last day off. So here we go into the darkness. Love you all. Mwah. Farewell to the river.